0: What is up? Welcome back to the Pac-Center Podcast, your one-stop shop for anything Nevada Athletics, episode 162. I'm your host, my hand I'm here with my co-host, Isaiah Rose. Isaiah, have, it's been a few weeks. Um, after last episode, naturally, uh, we broke down the Jay Norvell leaving um, for Colorado State, but... We didn't. We naturally right after that, Ken Wilson, Nevada's new head coach, got hired. Uh, we kind of predicted that on the podcast. Well, we didn't predict Ken Wilson. We predicted that Nevada would just ultimately hire a coach right after the podcast was up, or like before the podcast was up. And so we are here to talk about that today. Um, Isaiah, thoughts, reactions. It's had you. You've had a month to digest it. I hope you digest it by now, um, or about a month. Or, no, it's, it's been a little over a month. Never mind. I'm recording this on Wednesday, January 12th. Um, but you've had time to digest it. Uh, the staff is now being put together. There's been a reported receiver coach. Um, that's the last spot that's been filled. Nevada's had every other spot. Running backs, defensive line, offensive line coordinators, whatnot, have been filled. What are your thoughts, reactions, feelings? Are you sad? Are you happy? Um, just... What are your thoughts on the
1: hiring and what do you think about it? kind of is what it is, if that makes sense. I, You're going to have to go more a little ahead. more in-depth. Yeah, I mean, a little, like,
0: little bit more uh, analysis.
1: I know there was a sense of urgency, and I credit Nevada AD, Doug Newth, and the Nevada football program to kind of get back on their feet because Norvell's departure couldn't have come at, you know, arguably at a worse time with commitments and recruiting coming right around the corner. You have a bowl game. I mean, right at the tail end of a season. So with Ken Wilson, I mean, I love the energy he certainly brought in his press conference. He really looks like he bleeds blue and white, bleeds Nevada, really wants to stay true to his roots and just being with the staff originally, having that kind of camaraderie with Chris Alt can always be a big favor. So getting that type of energy back instilled into the program can be huge. I just think it's going to be a big rebuilding process, as we all know. I mean, the departures are—gosh, there's just so many of them. Yeah. There's dozens of them, literally dozens of departures, and yeah. that's what happens when you know um, certain things happen. And obviously, next year was going to be potentially a downfall or more of a not downfall, a, but a regressive year, mm-hmm. no matter what, with the amount of upperclassmen we had. But with that being said, I mean, Wilson's got a lot on his plate. But I certainly like the energy he brought, and I certainly like the energy he hopefully brings to the rest of the program because I think that's what we need right now is just someone to kind of reinvigorate us after the news and after our season ended the way it did. So that's one thing I'm certainly looking forward to. I don't know what he's going to bring from an X's and O's perspective or anything like that, but we'll certainly see how that unfolds on the field.
0: That's interesting you mentioned the, the loyalty kind of part of it. Felt like I wonder how much loyalty was a part of this process, a part of this hiring process because um, because of the events that took place with Norvell leaving um, the quote that came out or not. I, I'm i paraphrasing when I say this, but leaving the place better than where you like left it, left it, um, which didn't happen with Norvell. Uh, Nevada's Nevada was certainly in a worse place than what Jay Norvell had entering the program and. Uh, when he left it and so there's a little bit i wonder how much loyal of the loyalty factored into that because ken wilson's been here for two decades or he's had experience here for two decades um coaching the linebackers coaching uh, the defense he was a part of chris Ald's staff on multiple stints for um, years he left in 2012 to go to washington state and then he was at oregon and now he's back um this is his first head coaching gig he's similar age norville i think i mean, i think there's like a year or two apart i think he's um, in his mid fifties. And so, and he, you're right. He does seem like he bleeds blue and white because this, this was the first opportunity that he had or first real opportunity for a full-time assistant coaching gig, um, back in the nineties. And now he's back. Um, and so I just wonder how all of that loyalty, I guess, factors into, or factored into the search process. I mean, cause I think it was, it was either Newth or, uh, brian sandoval who said that like he wants to be like we wanted someone who wants to be here i think it was it was new like that was part of it um and again i think that part of that is because of the events that transpired um it's a little bit harder for me to evaluate the coaching hire because we haven't he he hasn't been a full-time coach he's only had five years as a coordinator um He's, again, never been never been a head coach. Uh, he's been a positional coach on the defensive end. Um, I mean, from what we've seen with these in recent days with the transfers that have come in from different Power Five schools, um, and just his just from what's been said about him in the past, he's apparently a pretty good recruiter, and um, he helped develop uh, one of the Sewell brothers. I, I keep forget his name off the top of my head at linebacker. Noah Gabe.
1: No, not it Gabe wasn't. Gabe. It no. was No, Gabe was here. Oh, you're talking about okay. It's time in Oregon.
0: Yeah, it was at Oregon. Um, I think it was Nose who I'm thinking. Of. I, I, for some reason, it's just like blanking on me. But um, it, was, I, it certainly I, wasn't Penasuel, right? No, I was gonna say because it's <laughs> not No, it wasn't <laughs> Penasuel. No, it, um, it was, <laughs> it was um, Oregon's Oregon's uh, highly regarded uh, inside linebacker. But um, and he's, I mean, he help developed Troy Die um who's now in the NFL with the Vikings but uh he there is multi there he apparently was a good recruiter and helped develop guys and from what we has been said about him from his players from coaches um, on social media is that he's a good guy and a good person and so i mean all of that of course factors into everything but it's like harder for it's it's a little bit hard to judge just because he doesn't have prior head coaching experience has minimal time as a coordinator um again this is his first Head coaching, I had just all of that, and again, we don't know what's going to happen on the X's and O's. So many players are leaving. We'll have to give them at least two or three years to get recruits in and have recruiting classes and um, establish something, kind of like what happened to Norvell. Because I mean, remember Norvell's first year, they went three and nine. Um, next year, I believe they went eight and five, seven and six, something like that. So um, it, it there, there needs to be some time, and I don't think like we can't judge them within a year. I don't know if we could properly judge him right now. I mean, even with the staff that he's put together, staff looks young and um, not super experienced in terms of like full head coaching job roles. um, But it's still, there's still going to be some bumps in the roads across these next couple of years. But um, I'm confident in Wilson. I'm confident in the staff will eventually uh, put things together and have Nevada as a six, seven, maybe eight plus win team
1: um, within the next few years. Yeah, I certainly hope so. And, you know, you said it yourself, having his imprint on the program, that's going to be crucial, getting his guys in, getting the players he wants. And I think one of the things that this opens up for Wilson is kind of bringing in his own brand of football and his own regime. So that's one of the things I'm looking forward to. This is a clean slate in so many ways. This is something you can specifically rebuild and really put your imprint on. So I'm looking forward to how that kind of takes place over the next few years. And It's going to be slow, you know, especially,
0: you know. I don't know if, I don't know how good Nevada is going to be next year. I think we went over their non-conference schedule last podcast, but it's like our Carnett Wood and like a couple other, like I think Texas State's one of them or something like that, New Mexico State. So it's like Nevada. Oh, they also face Iowa, so that's not good. Yeah, Um, welcome. But they they have an easy non-conference schedule next year, but their conference schedule I believe is pretty rough. And they have, I mean, of course, we all know they have Colorado State coming to Mackey. Um, which I am excited for. I think that's going to be just like a fun little return, especially since what's happened with all the poaching of the transfers and stuff like that, and poaching of the staff um, from at Colorado State. Oh, but I, I digress. But uh, I think there's going to be it's going to be a, like a bumpy first year. I don't know how I don't know how good Nevada is going to be yet. We still need to see how the roster shapes out, how the recruit shapes out, um, but. We're probably looking at, like, a 4-5 to five win team if I were to bet right
1: now. Yeah. I mean, I think we're going to be younger, which can be— at, or, We're going to be a lot younger. 100% So younger. that's always something to kind of look forward to in a way just to see the development take place. But it's going to be a
0: lot of competition, man. We have no idea what this—like, rot like, who's going to be starting, like, what's going to transpire over these next several weeks. I mean, that's what spring practice is for, just to figure out what you have on your roster. That's what the spring game for us, you and I, are going to be for, just to figuring out— all right, like what kind of schemes are going to be in place? Is it going to be the Pistols? Are they going to be like, are they going to, uh, are they still going to like spread the football out a decent amount? I have no idea. Um, it's not going to be the air raid. I'm pretty confident in saying that. But I, again, no idea. Yeah. Um, what is the defense going to look like? Is it going to be a 4 3, 3 4, 3 3, 5, which we saw under Jeff Castile? Like, what is it going to be? And we won't know until spring practice and eventually the season. There's going to, there's a lot of, there's a lot of unknown. Um, regardless of how you value spring pra- or like this the spring game and all that, like this is going to be one to keep an eye on. Or again, because there's going to be a bunch of takeaways that uh, that we might not have expected. Like, is Nate Cox going to be the quarterback next year? If he's assuming he stays, if my guess right now, I'm guessing he is that starting quarterback. But I don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be. There's no definitive answer. Again, a lot of competition. That was. Um, he talked with, I think, Chris Murray in an exclusive interview about, like, what's your recruiting pitch? And, like, the thing that he pretty much imp- pretty much said was, there's going to be a lot of opportunity, a lot of competition. Competition gets the best out of everyone. You're right. And so, that's really what I'm... Again, it's going to be... it's just In summary, after me rambling for minutes and minutes and minutes, it's going to be hard to evaluate this hire. It's hard. It, it looks good right now, I think, because just again he's embraced uh the blue and white the silver and blue um but there's uh it's it's gonna take some time with this program to get the program back to where it was if we if we can get it back there meaning potential mountain west championships like we're looking at a mountain west championship like will that happen i don't know but it's gonna take time nevertheless yeah or regardless i'm with you patience is key all right, Isaiah. Next topic conversation, or do you want to go over the
1: staff? Yeah, yeah. Why not? I mean, it's it's or basically first, filled out. To let's this break point. down
0: the contract. We didn't even I mean, like talk, we just talked about our thoughts on the hiring. We didn't break down the contract. Um, Ken Wilson, he got signed to a five-year, four point seven five million dollar contract. Um, I I was like prying for some before the school or the the administration to put more money into the football program, or at least for spending for a new coach. Um, they did that. Um, there there was a reported figure that Norvell was, like, they had, they offered him, uh, seven figures and, and it was, I think it was maybe like 1 million, 1.1, I don't know what the exact number was, but like around that mark. Well, this averages out to just a hair under, uh, 1 million for Ken Wilson, so um he has uh, he has the 30 i think it was 350k base salary and then he has 650 in incentives um or not incentives but he has an additional 650 per year which i think is like from like media appearances and stuff like that so he's getting a good chunk from that um some incentive some incentives that he has is i mean for winning six games is 25,000 or if he wins seven games he'll get an additional 25,000 or if he wins eight or more games He'll get twenty-five thousand from that, so he'll he's he has a chance to make up to seventy-five thousand um, to win eight games, or seventy-five thousand combined to win eight games, um, to win a Mountain West title, twenty-five thousand to win a power to winning against a Power Five opponent, which Nevada will have one next year in Iowa, um, at least in the regular season. That's twenty-five thousand um, for non-New Year Six bowl. It's twenty-five thousand for being in a New Year Six bowl, which I mean it's not going to happen, at least not yet uh that's going to be 150,000 or if you win that bowl it'll be 200,000 um it'd be hilarious I don't I don't even know why they had this in there um I mean I guess with the with the expanded playoff I mean they just I mean you kind of have to have it but I'm saying it in kind of like what's the word I'm looking for I'm kind of I don't realistically if Nevada makes the college football playoff uh Two hundred fifty thousand plus uh, winning Mount Must coach of the year is twenty five thousand. Um, I mean, the, you kind of have to add that in there, but like the same Come on. time, like that's I don't know if that's going to happen. Not yet. Uh, might, uh, yeah. might be a little while. Yeah, not not in the near distant future for me. <laughs> um, if he's fired before November twenty second of twenty twenty, uh, two two million dollar buyout, and that decreases uh, one point or that. Decreases 500000 per year because um, the contract runs through 2025, uh, making it a five-year deal. So if he gets, if he's fired before November 20 or November 30th of 2025, it's $500,000. Um, but the buyout, it starts at $4 million prior to January 31st of 2023. That starts at $4 million. It decreases approximately 1000000 million-ish per year um until the end of his tenure or until the end of or beginning of 2026 which is 950,000. So yeah, that I'm doing way too much talking right now. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, no,
1: no, dude. No, it's a it's a large breakdown. Yeah. But one of the things that stands out for me is a little more. Yeah, what are your yeah, what are to your thoughts? We we paid paid a little more. <laughs> I mean, it does average out as you said to 950,000 a year. Um you know, this is kind of who we are. If that kind of makes sense, I you know we can't offer a super ton based upon the school we are, but it's kind of nice to see a bump up in pay. Obviously, it doesn't it's not seven figures per year annually, but it's
0: close, man. Close.
1: It's certainly in the ballpark. I know that hurts. That hurts saying, but that's at least something to take away from this. Um, obviously, if he stays all five years, we'll be determined. We'll, we're going to see we if that's no, the case. I, I have no gonna, idea what's. I'm not even going
0: to jump that far yet. Come on. Um, but Do you think Nevada's going to make college football
1: playoff? No. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with no. <laughs> Bold prediction. What? Are you, okay. What would be the betting line? Oh, my gosh.
0: I'm, we're not even going to talk about that. All right. Let's not
1: even.
0: Uh, like, minus uh, 10,000 Nevada makes. Or mi- minus 10,000 Nevada doesn't make
1: college yeah. football playoff. I'm with that. <laughs> the buyouts, too. The buyouts are kind of interesting just – Pretty hefty amounts obviously it well, kind of means that's that that's
0: how it goes oh yeah i mean yeah, it just not... it
1: certainly means that he's hopefully once again it comes kind of circles back to being here trying to settle your roots and really trying to establish something and i think nevada is going to be so patient you know that's what it's going to have to take with wilson and i kind of shows out both on the field and contractually in a way so just hopefully it's here for the long run we'll certainly see what happens and what takes place but that was kind of you know, slightly more than what Novell was making. Hopefully.
0: I mean, 300,000 more. Yeah. Which is
1: what? Okay. I, yeah. Is it considerable? It's certainly, I mean, it's $300,000. That's $300,000 more. more, man.
0: Come on. That's a good amount more. I mean, and you it's, have to lure an assistant from Oregon, the co-defensive coordinator to regardless of what his roots are here, you're going to have to give him money. Um, but, but hey, time, I think, I'm glad the university. Third. I'm glad the university took initiative in that. I think it's appropriate to pay um, a head football coach nine hundred thousand dollars or more. And we say that like it's a lot. It's a lot for here. It's the most ever in school history. But it's the third few, third lowest in the Mountain West. So it's really not that high. Um, again, we're we're is this baby steps, Isaiah? We're we're making progress towards paying our football coaches, which we should have done uh, for Jay Norvell. Yeah, great. Um. What it's so, let break down the staff for me. What do we got?
1: I mean, our associate head coach we saw in the bowl game is Vitala. That was awesome to see. Well, he
0: okay, he's our only, uh, our only returnee. He's all, yeah, thank from you. The Jay Norvell era because Jay Norvell era promptly I'm sorry. took majority
1: of our coaches, um, <laughs> left for Fort Collins.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: but I mean, that's. Certainly one. Offensive coordinator Derek Sage, looking to see what he's going to implement in the program. Defensive coordinators, yep. we've got two of them right now. We've got Kwame Agamain. Apologies if I pronounced the we last name. That. If I botched the last name. <laughs> we also got Mike Bethay. Quarterback coach Nate Costa. Running back coach you now, who stepped in as the associate head coach for the Bull Game Fight obviously. Offensive line coach is Louis Adasio, who, fun fact, was Steve Adazio's son and was the offensive lines coach at CSU.
0: The fun or fun fact is that he and Bill Best, like, switch roles. Like, Bill Best is now, he went from the offensive coordinator or an offensive line coach in Nevada to the offensive line coach at Colorado State and now Louis Adazio,
1: offensive line coach at Colorado State to Nevada. Boom. It's quite the trade. (laughs) Really not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Defensive line coach is CJ Ayu. linebacker's coach is Bethay. Offensive linebackers coach is Joe Bolden. Uh, Cornerback coach is Jalen Ortiz. Special teams coordinator is also Bolden. And strength coach is Mason Baggett. So obviously a ton of new faces to get acclimated and get to know, but we do have a staff in place, and we're going to see how this really translates over the next couple seasons and especially heading into 2022.
0: Yeah, this is, again, we talked about this a little bit. This is like a pretty young staff. Like some of these guys just haven't had – official official like full-time coaching job full, full-time co- coaching stints um in their or di- I sh- I sh- not full-time assistant division one assistant coaching experience in these respective roles um in their college careers so it's gonna i think it's gonna be interesting to see um how the staff shakes out a majority of these coaches did coach with wilson at some point in their careers and some of them coached with each other um while they were at their respective schools. Like, I know he poached a couple from Oregon, like Nate Costa. Like, he came from Oregon. Uh, Kwame. I'm not going to even try to pronounce his last name because I know I'm going to mess it up. Um, he was Oregon's longest serving head coach before he left for Nevada. Um, and so, like, these guys, some of these guys have been with Wilson at w either um, when they were at Nevada um, or when they were at uh, Oregon or Washington State. Like, there's been, so some of them might know each other a little bit, um, but like, I just wonder how this is going to shake out a completely new staff, a completely new scheme completely new schemes like i would, it's going to be interesting to see it, as this
1: it's a clean slate, and yeah. it's opportunity once again it's that's one these of these guys are going to be hungry That's one of the exciting things heading into twenty two is obviously we may not match up well against a lot of teams in conference on paper right now, but the opportunity from player and coaching standpoint to really put an imprint on this program it could be completely different from what we've seen since compared to past years so you know that can that can create some incentive and motivation to just get things going so obviously with such a young team and young staff i'm looking forward to it you know seeing it really translate and develop
0: there's a lot of uh, interest and intrigue to this so um ken wilson hired uh Both of us just kind of don't know, although we do respect the the previous uh, bloodlines that he had with the organization for two decades, two-plus decades, because he was an athletic administrator um, for a few of those years. But we, Isaiah and I are going to take a quick break. We're going to talk some basketball, and we'll be back. And we are back. Um, We haven't at all talked about Nevada basketball, or at least how that journey and um, everything that's happened with that program recently, and just throughout the entire season. Um, so, to give you guys a little bit of a background, um, Nevada is seven and five. They're one and zero in conference. Um, they've had six of the last nine games either postponed or canceled due to COVID nineteen. Um, they will be playing tonight, their first game back since New Year's Day, um, against Boise State, who's one of the best. Defensive teams in the conference, and not just the conference, but the entire nation. They've had twelve of their twelve of their fourteen opponents um, have held them to sixty or fewer points. Boise State's on a seven-game win streak. They've held them to uh, sixty or fewer points in each of those seven games. Um, it was kind of like an interesting, like looking at the battle between them and Fresno State, two of the best defensive teams, and that was just one hundred and ten points combined, or not a no, that's not 100, 120 points combined. Excuse me, um, but. Nevada will have its probably its toughest defensive test tonight at least in my opinion. Um but let's kind of talk about what's happened throughout the season. Um Nevada's only conference game that they've had so far was against New Mexico and that was a 9-point victory. Um pretty it, Nevada's had a couple last couple of games just haven't shot the ball well really at all. Um I think they were below I think I can't I don't have the numbers in front of me. I think they were like 28-29% from 3. Um, against New Mexico there wasn't a whole lot of offensive flow um throughout the game it, until this until like the second half um, we caught a little bit of a fire um Grant didn't shoot the ball well here's two of it from the floor but he still had 10 points 10 assists and six rebounds he was four points four rebounds away from a triple double in Nevadas first I think since it would have been Nevadas first since like 1978 or something like that um and I mean Des didn't shoot the ball well uh he was one of 11 from three I think it was the second time all year maybe the second time in his career where he's missed 10 threes in a single game um and he started at, and he's been very efficient for the most part this season but Nevada had a couple lackluster shooting performances from their big players but they were still impactful I mean Grant obviously Um, he was finding uh Baker in Washington for multiple lobs above the rim he was getting him in space coming around pin downs and Um, finding them around the rim as rolling big men. Um, Washington and Baker both had 12-point, 11-rebound double-doubles. And I thought it was a good game for Nevada. Um, But Nevada's now won six of their last seven games. I'm going to quit rambling in a second. I'm talking a lot right now. I'm surprised I haven't lost my voice yet. But Nevada's won six of their last seven games after starting out one and four. Um, They just completely turned their season around after that twenty seven point loss against South Dakota State when and then right after that, Brahma got dismissed from the team who you and I were both excited about heading into the year. Um like Black Shear's been an emergence as like a small ball for hybrid like a kind of like a hybrid wing. Um Baker and Washington when they're both on the floor, they've both been good. Grant and Des, Grant's the only player in the nation to average eighteen and a half points and six and a half assists. Um and that one point that was Above that was 20 points and six and a half assists. Um, he's averaging also averaging five rebounds a game. Des leads the team with nearly two steals a game, almost also averaging over a block. Um, they, both of them have been good good defensively. Um, Daniel Foster, I, I think, has been a good contributor off the bench in terms of his defense and his energy. Um, K.J. Himes, we have to think about this. K.J. Himes has only played three games. He's had an ankle injury. Now he's dealing with the back. I don't know if he's playing tonight, but I'm guessing he might. Um, and so I mean he's and he was one of Nevada's more impactful big men last year and again he's only played three games and Nevada's held seven or six of the last seven or five of their last seven I think to uh no six it'd be six of the last seven to 70 or fewer points on sub 45 percent shooting um and so Nevada's also been one of the better defensive teams since that South Dakota State game so that's I that's a lot to digesting a lot that I just rambled off but anyways Isaiah thoughts
1: no just trying to see I think it's exciting to see what this team is capable of coming in to the season with so many high expectations and I think we're starting to see how talented and how kind of a well-oiled machine this team's playing with especially on the offensive end and I think that's one of the things where coming off such a rough start and coming off you know some turmoil whatever happened with AJ Brahma and whatever took place there it kind of at that point I mean it really put our season in this kind of whirlwind but to see us come right back and rip off a few and obviously COVID's impacted our season so we haven't we haven't truly seen a lot of it unfold but what we've seen thus far with the product on the floor it's been awesome I mean it's a lot that you can ask for I know that a lot of the load which we weren't hope, which we we were kind of hoping wasn't the case coming into the year with so many new additions, but it looks as if a lot of the offensive load is still on Sherfield and Cambridge at the moment, but with that being be. said, and you know what, you're so true, and no. I was just about to say that is, hence, you know, why we got into a hole, and to begin with, it looked like a few of them just couldn't find their shot, couldn't find much rhythm, but when they're playing at their best, it is a potent combination, and when Grant Sherfield is playing at his best, I mean, he's one of the top players in the nation arguably i mean he's not been nation i'm sorry i'm not talking about like
0: absolute
1: oh. Oh, draft okay. eligible right. no i translate to mean, the I nba idea. but just statistically speaking oh, right what he's doing yeah. to fill up the stat sheet i mean he's he's his numbers speak for itself and what he's been able to do these past few games is what he's done since he's put on a nevada jersey it's just been able to produce on the offensive end in so many ways and I think that's been the biggest thing is just seeing it kind of all come together. And obviously, there's plenty of season left, although COVID has certainly impacted it. But we're starting to see what this team is capable of. And that's the exciting part, because with what we proved last year with the new additions and the new talent infused into the system, I thought that slow start was going to be the wake-up call we needed in a way, and it certainly has been because we've ripped off a few really nice, really tough conference—well, really tough wins, and including one in conference, and just kind of playing at that consistent level that you and I were really hoping they were capable of and showing that type of—I'm trying to say upside and potential throughout the rest of the season is key and crucial coming into it.
0: I've been very impressed with, especially after that— South Dakota State game, what Nevada's done defensively. They're just guarding the ball better. Um, They're getting up in people's jerseys. They're rotating well. Um, I was looking at it this morning, and per Bartorvik, um, just as an analytical college basketball site, since that November 22nd game against South Dakota State, Nevada's a top 40 defensive team, or they've been a top 40 defensive team. Um, I think they were 38th, which I think over that span is I think third in the Mountain West, third or fourth. Um, but they've been a they've been a really good defensive team. Um, at least I think they've been a good defensive team. I guess the whole this season's total statistical numbers don't kind of portray that. I think st- I still think Nevada ranks just outside the top one hundred per Ken Palm um, in adjusted def- defensive efficiency. But their whole their their season's total, well, not season. So I am worrying this terribly. Um there's their season as a whole, I don't think those numbers truly reflect how good they've been on the defensive end.
1: No, really true. I mean, I'm watching
0: a lot of words today. Sorry to interrupt.
1: No, no. I mean, like one of the things that was certainly like aimed for caution and eye opening was kind of the lack of effort. And just kind of like maybe not effort, but you know, the lack of hustle that we know the team was accustomed to in so many ways. We have tons of spark guys and a lot of energy coming onto the floor, especially off the bench. And it seemed like Nevada was lacking that at the start of the season, but really getting back to it. And that's only fueled our offense and fueled what we're capable of on both ends. And if we keep up that defensive intensity and just keep rebounding as we've done and keep getting to the line and finding those types of points, I mean, that plays dividends, especially when we get into conference play.
0: Yeah, Nevada has done that. They did start out the season slow, but they have done a good job of of getting to the line. Um I think they are one of the better rebounding teams in the Mountain West. Warren Washington's one of the best offensive rebounding bigs in the Mountain West. Um, and Nevada will be going up against another one today in um, Mladen, Acemas, and uh, Abu Kijab, two, two good offensive rebounding uh, wings slash bigs that Boise State has. Boise State is one of the better rebounding teams in the conference. Again, that's just a testament to their defense, but on the offensive end, both all three of them actually have been uh, pretty good on in in that sort of department. Um, and I do think this bench has given a bit of a spark. Again, I mentioned, I mean, Blackshirt has been inserted into the starting lineup recently, um, but I st- still do think that um, he, he is provide, He He's one of those guys that doesn't fill up the stat sheet all that much, but you can see his impact and his hustle and his grit on the floor um, and how he is... When he isn't, when, like when he's completely engaged, like he, he it he's locked in, like he's a, he has a lot of lateral quickness. Um, he's one of Nevada's lengthier, more athletic defenders. Um, when he's on the floor, he's a good passer. He can playmake. Um, sometimes out of the pick and roll, he's a, he's good on he's good on the fast break. He's, uh, again athletic, and so he he can he he'll he'll. He'll be one of those first guys down the floor on on fast break opportunities, but he's been one of Nevada's like brightest newcomer or additions despite what his stats show. Um, I think Will Baker's been one of Nevada's better or he's been one of Nevada's best three point shooters. He just, he just doesn't shoot it all that much. Um, but he's a good playmaker. He's a good rolling big man. He's been a better rebounding big um over this six, seven game stretch. Um, he started out this season a little bit slow in that department, but I think he's um, figuring it out. Um, he's also a, just a hilarious like post game interview. Like <laughs> he does he, he's not he's not the most talkative guy, but um, he yeah. But and I think again, as you talked about with Desmond, like I th- Cambridge was having his most or Desmond and Grant. Desmond's having his one of his most efficient se- shooting seasons or at least he was until he's hit kind of this rut um i don't foresee this rut lasting all that long but um he's been shooting he's been shooting the ball efficiently for most of the year um again he's really he takes a lot of he ha- he shoots without a conscience he takes a lot of contested shots but conversely makes a lot of uh, tough contested shots and um i want to say this last game against New Mexico, from what I can recall, he was getting some pretty good looks and just wasn't knocking them down. Um, that really—I don't think that affected him much on the defensive end, but uh, he's still—he's—he's a, he's a shooter and he'll shoot his way out of struggles. And I'm hope—hopefully tonight he's able to kind of snap out of that rut. But um, he's been one of Nevada's best players this year, and obviously Grant, like we talked about Grant and Des ad nauseum on this podcast, and how. Uh, good Grant is his shiftiness, um, his ability to operate out of the pick and roll and as a facilitator, his ability to set his teammates up. But I think when he's truly at his best, he's aggressive, um, finding his own shot and thus open up opportunities for his teammates.
1: Oh, totally. I mean, it's once again, it's kind of—I'm not trying to say it's all coming together because it certainly hasn't to this point, but we're certainly seeing what can take place when— all this talent accumulates on the floor, and a lot of that's trying to find the right matchups, the right rotations, and one of the things that you said it really sticks out is just some of the depth and some of the energy coming off the bench. It's great to see Daniel Foster. Again, doesn't,
0: he's he's another one of those guys that doesn't fill up the stat sheet, but like he'll, the impact. he'll draw charges. He probably leads the team by charges probably by a mile, um, and he is like sneakily one of Nevada's better defenders, especially at the guard position. He could probably guard one through three. Um and I'm confident in that. And I, I you could just see it like with the eye test again. He doesn't shoot the ball a lot. Um he's not like like he's not like a like a score. He's just more of like a person who'll go out there and guard and once you when when you see another player guard at the level that he does and take charges and provide that energy. Um it That's contagious.
1: Definitely. And it seems like we have a couple other guys who are capable of doing that, and it's just it's good to see what's taking place right now considering the start we had and just the ample expectations heading into, you know, a weaker non-conference schedule. And obviously there was concerns for what was going to take place going forward, but we've rebounded in one way or another and a lot of season to take place, and hopefully COVID can, gosh nothing i mean really you can't hope with anything but just yeah. try to there's been no flow there's been no, no real flow and just trying to stay in game shape as much as you possibly can and get ready for each matchup that is on your schedule as best you can um it's just a lot you know the talent speaks for itself in so many ways and it may not fill up the stat sheet apart from a you know one two three guys most likely but it's there and their impact on the floor is immeasurable in a lot of ways.
0: And this is, like, going to be, a, like, this is just a tough conference this year, man. You're telling me. Like, this is, like, we're, we talk about Nevada, and we're talking about them like a potential, like, top team in the Mountain West. Like, I don't, well, let's talk about this for a little bit, because it's like, all right, you have, I don't, you have Colorado State. They just got Whopped by San Diego State over the weekend uh, by 30, which no one expected, but. They were one of the few undefeated teams or remaining undefeated teams in the nation heading into that game and um scored only I think it was like seventeen second half points, something like that. Um they just they just got crushed, but um you have Stevens, you have Roddy, um you have like guys like Deshaun Thomas in their center. Like do you have like there's pieces there, there's pieces at San Diego State, obviously, uh oh what's his name that counts? Matt Bradley. Um you have Trey Pulliam. you have Nathan Mensa, um Utah State with Justin Bean, um, with Fresno State and Orlando Robinson. Like, there's some dudes in this conference. And it's like this is gonna be a tough, tough conference to win. Um, Wyoming, Graham Ike, and like Xavier Ducell I mean, I mean, I know Marcus Williams transferred, um, but like you can see, there's still like there's still dudes on that team and Wyoming's playing very well right now. UNLV absolutely bulldozed New Mexico last night and they have uh I think it was. I think his name's Damien. I can't remember his name. Not Damien Williams. No, Donovan Williams. Um, Donovan Williams. Um, he had twenty nine last night. Uh, of course, they got Bryce Hamilton. Like, there's some. There's some dudes. I mean, Boise State again with uh, like one of the best teams in the conference this year. Key Job and uh, Emmanuel Cop, Marcus Schaefer. Um, they there's some there's going to be a lot of tough competition that this team is going to have or that that, that Nevada is going to have in the conference this year. And so there's going to be there's going to, there might be some resume boosters a little bit. Definitely there's a chance for us to and some of these games being canceled because of covid like uh San Diego State, Wyoming. I mean, I of course the Wyoming game did get rescheduled to uh next Monday. Um but there's going to be Hopefully the, hopefully these games are able to get rescheduled, like the Wyoming game, but like Nevada's season's been affected and there hasn't been a rhythm, and when you don't have much of a rhythm um, throughout conference play in this tough conference, that might be an issue. But then again, at that same token, Boise State has also dealt with its own COVID issues. They've had three straight games postponed, and they haven't played since December 28th. So.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of talent in the conference, as you said, there's a certainly, there is a lot, and it's deep this year, but there's room for us to continue improving and just exciting to see it go forward, you know, see what's taking place right now, playing with more hustle, playing with more Gert, and seeing what can take place over the course of this year pending COVID. It's a lot. You know, it's asking a lot of a coaching staff to make those adjustments and the players themselves too, but what they're doing right now and what the rest of the conference is doing just speaks to what they're building i mean it's been a lot of top end used to be really top heavy the past few years but we're starting to see some parity within the conference and any given night you're getting you know some of your rivals best efforts so it's something to certainly look forward to and not take lightly whatsoever heading into a full slate of conference games
0: we are gonna finish with women's basketball women's basketball has actually been very good this year fire They've been very good this year. On fire. Um, much better than last season. They've won 10 of their last 11 games. Um, they've also had their own uh, COVID problems. they would had, I think, tomorrow's game against Fresno State's been postponed. Um, so, I mean, but nevertheless, Deja Hamilton's averaging 14 a game. She's been awesome. Audrey Roden, a freshman, coming off the bench. She's been a spark plug off the bench. She's been a shooter. Shooter's going to shoot. Um and then they've picked up, I think there's 3-0 in conference, looking for their f- first 4-0 uh, conference start since joining the Mountain West. I think the first since like 2009, 2010, something like that. Um, they had a great win against Utah State. I think in their most recent game, 11-point uh, victory, they crushed San Jose State. Um, and then I think they beat Air Force. Those are their three conference wins. Um, they're looking good, man. They're looking pretty solid, and it's interesting because it's like they're middle of the pack in the Mountain West in terms of field goal percentage um, and three point percentage. I think they're just below forty uh, percent on field goal percentage and thirty percent three point percentage. But like they're they're really good offensive rebounding team. Like Nia yeah, Alexander's playing well. Um, the Jimenez twist or the Jimenez sisters I almost said Twister I don't know why I said that um Lexi Gibbons, uh, Megan Ormiston um, when she's been healthy like there's there's Nevada's gotten some really good production on the boards this year um and it's only I think this is something I don't know if we like expected this from the women's basketball team but they're playing at a very high level right now hopefully it's able to continue
1: oh definitely no it's a huge rebound from what the program was at last year and
0: no pun intended
1: I yeah, I've been and you know what's the second time I've said rebounded in terms of basketball uh New Year's resolution. Cut that out.
0: It, it's January 12th. You're too late for it's New It's too late resolution. for that? Yeah. yeah, you're probably Are you big right.
1: New Year's resolution guy? You know what I'm not. Neither am I. I'm not. But for me
0: it's more of like set daily and <laughs> weekly goals and not. Cuz we know you're not going to follow your New Year's resolution. We know that. We, we all know that, all right? We you expect to change every single year and it just doesn't happen. All right? I don't know one person who's like completely uh, Successfully Completed a New Year's resolution Unless it's like Just being a better person Which is always a good thing That should be a daily goal Hourly Minutely goal I'm with you I don't even think Minutely is a word Right no, no But I'm with you Minute by minute goal Like come on
1: But like Again I digress <laughs> Focusing back on women's basketball, I mean, just this team is really deep. They could beat you in a multitude of facets. I mean, Deja Hamilton entering her best year with the program, and we've seen the potential that she's been able to showcase over the past couple seasons with Nevada. Always a menace defensively, was able to, you know, you're just waiting for her offensive game to really develop, and it has at a high level this year. But the impacts from transfers off the bench, like you said, Nia Alexander, Lexi Gibbons. Kyla, Kyla Jimenez, Alyssa Jimenez, I mean, they're, there's a big reason why they're at where they are right now, and it's been just a huge contribution, a huge team effort, and you couldn't have asked for a better start and a better portion of the season considering what this team has gone through with their own COVID-19 protocols. So, I mean, there's this team is efficient from deep. They hit the boards well. They are menacing defensively, and they've gotten off to a really good start in conference play. I mean... Just something to really keep an eye on going forward because this team is playing some high-level basketball on both ends and something to truly keep an eye on.
0: Yeah. um, Their next game won't be until next Wednesday um, against San Diego State. That'll be a home game, and then they'll have UNLV coming into town. Um, Nevada men's basketball's next home game will be tonight, obviously, but um, they'll have a road game against Air Force on Saturday, and then they'll have the game against Wyoming – that was rescheduled for next Monday at five. Tonight's will be at 7 30 on Fox Sports One. Um if this is up in time, please go watch that. Uh Isaiah, do you have any more thoughts? Basketball, football. Oh, we didn't even talk about the bowl game. I just realized that. It's not uh, worth being touched. It wasn't got, great. Just uh, got Nevada crushed. lost by thirty. Um Nate Cox can he has some wheels. That's something to look forward to for next year.
1: We kinda ran the ball.
0: Yeah, we can yeah, we ran the ball better than we did throughout the season, um, by virtue of we ran the ball more than what we did this last year. Um it's kinda hard to evaluate Nate Cox because he when he was he didn't drop back from any passes. I mean, they used him in like rollouts and stuff like that, but like even then he was still kind of running for his life a little bit because Nevada's pass protection just wasn't good this year, and it wasn't good in that game. And so only three. I think it was like twelve for twenty-three or something like that. Um he had a nice touchdown to Jamal Bell, who I'm excited for for next year. Um you should be Nevada's best receiver um entering the season. Only if we only if we had like Elijah or Justin Lockhart or Tori Horton. Unfortunately, they all transferred to their respective schools and best of luck to them. Um Melquan Stovell, who transferred to Colorado State, best of luck to him. Uh, best of luck to any and any and all transfers that transferred out in the Nevada football program. Um we wish you the uh, the best at your respective programs. Um, thank you for your time with the Nevada Wolfpack. I mean it was it was a it was a fun, a fun journey. But we have a new era, a uh, new team, completely new team. Um heading into next year. Isaiah, any thoughts on anything? Any any more you'd like to add? Uh, no, sir. Thank you for listening. Um, We should be doing this more regularly throughout the next spring semester. We hit a little bit of a rut, hit a little bit of a wall. But guess what? We battled through adversity and climbed over that wall. We rebound. Oh, come on. We (laughs) rebound. Come on. (laughs) Already broke. see, New Year's resolutions don't work. Isaiah broke in five minutes. Um, Thank you for listening. Uh, like and subscribe. Give us a five star rating, and make sure to rebound for Isaiah. All right, make sure to rebound for him, whether it's on the basketball or or whether you're going through adversity in your own life. Just keep rebounding, keep rebounding. Um, crash those boards, as like as Isaiah likes to say. Uh, keep rebounding. Um, thank you guys. Uh, see you guys next week or sometime in the future. Oh, <sniffs>